Hey After Buzzers, welcome to the season premiere of Rise. Today we are going to be talking Grapes of Wrath, the importance of the arts in our high schools, and theater auditions. Plus, we have a very special guest from the show joining us later on. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Mama. Hey guys, welcome to the season premiere of Rise. Uh, my name is Mina Wahab and I'm your host for the day. And we do have a lovely panel of ladies with us today. Introduce yourselves. Yeah, sure. Hi guys, my name is Kira Gates. Hey guys, I'm Shay Jones. And our lead, amazingly. Thank you. Mina, yeah, I introduced myself already. Uh, and this song is so beautiful, so by the beautiful. way. Really? It was really poignant, poignant, especially towards the end of the show, yeah. where she really sang it with passion, and it just kept progressing For each sure. scene. So, and uh, definitely is like reflecting, like what's going on, obviously with her <laughs> and her own mommy issues. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot in this show. Like I was very surprised. It did feel kind of like Degrassi meets Glee meets a bunch of other shows combined. Yeah. Uh, what are your guys' initial thoughts of the entire? Uh, season premiere. It gave me all the feels because I miss Glee with a passion and like it it reminds me of Glee but it also has its, its own entity and that's what I like about it. It has its own core it has its own vibe and it is set apart a little bit which is what I like about it overall. I agree with that. I think that it's taking um, a lot from you know previous shows. I got Friday Night Lights vibes, I got the Fosters <laughs> vibes, Glee vibes, High School Musical even like the 90210 reboot a little bit. Oh, and Youth and Consequences just a little bit. Yeah, it has, it's it's taking a lot from the genre. I think it knows its genre very well, but I think that it is bringing a lot of new stuff to the table, so I really like that combination. There's something about it that felt a little dark, though. Like, a little bit of, just a tiny bit of This Is Us vibes, like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's definitely um, got some edge to it. Not as depressing, obviously, but we'll see. We'll see if it will make me cry eventually, but um, yeah, overall I would say I really liked it, and I'm really excited to get to know these characters better um you know we start out this episode with grapes of wrath which you know we were all forced to well most of us were forced to read in high forced. school um i went to a black public school in <laughs> illinois so no that did not happen i think that i had to watch the movie which is like three hours black and white oh, no. <laughs> and it was just like it's better than the book, but yet we're still sitting through. You know what try I mean? Try reading the book. Like, cry me a river. Like, try reading the I know, I'm sorry. Book. I'm just, like, complaining about something so menial, but... Why do you think the Grapes of Wrath book was so, like, important and symbolic on this show in terms of foreshadowing? For me, it's, it's symbolic because Grapes of Wrath is about... During the Great Depression, which is one of the worst times in American history, mind mm -hmm. you, and at the end like all these people are searching for hope and a future and when you get down to it high school is about hope and fighting for future and fighting for a dream that you hope that comes true all you have is hope you maybe you hope to be a better person than you were in high school afterwards or just maybe you hope that you get that scholarship that gets you out of your little town but hope is one of the greatest parts about the book in and of itself and that is also what the show is about it is about hope and dreams and a future. That's For someone really who never point. read the book, that was amazing. Yeah, no, that's that a really was, good point. Yeah, I yeah. thought I never read it in high school. You read it eventually. I read it eventually. Okay. I, I like to read, regardless, but in high school, that'll be a no. Yeah. I read, like, Fahrenheit 451 in high school. Now I think that was 
the most one I could say I read. Yep. Okay. Yeah, spark notes all the way for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the only one. A bunch of Charles Dickens Does, novels. Wait, that's a good question. Does spark notes even exist anymore? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm, it's written I'm by one. Harvard students, too. It's, like, really well done, so it <laughs> always like, prepared me. Um, I haven't used it in forever, so I didn't think it was a thing anymore. What's that? I haven't used it since high school, so I feel like it, it hasn't been a thing, I guess, anymore for me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you just stop using it after you're done with high school and you yeah. stop reading and Take it from a literature <laughs> minor for in college. It exists. <laughs> the thing that I thought was interesting about the Grapes of Wrath introduction was I felt like it kind of foreshadowed that this teacher, Mr. Magoo, uh, Magoo, Magoo, <laughs> not Magoo, uh, but I felt what it really did was it kind of foreshadowed how, um, you know, he really has this literature background and he's going to bring something really different and unique when it comes to teaching theater. So instead of them just doing Grease, which... By the way, I love Grease because it's Same. so fun. I kind of get it's... hairspray vibes from it. But it's so, Grease is so light compared to something like... Spring Awakening. Yeah, Spring which, Awakening. Because the a lot are... of themes, yeah. I a lot agree. of really heavy themes, too. And I think that that scene, um, it also kind of foreshadows the fact that there is this initial disconnect because none of the students are answering his questions which is so true high school like who's the protagonist we've been studying this for like three weeks and no like no one's raising their hand I think I was the only like I was the only Hermione student in high school I was like oh yeah like I know I was that annoying person in high school I might have knew the okay this is my this is how my English teacher worked I hated my English teacher she didn't like me so she would talk, and I had a short attention span. So I would start reading back in her face. When I read, you probably have seen it. I think you have definitely. You see me read. I zone out. I am done. I don't know what's going on around me. And, you, like, I have to know you for you to penetrate. So when you hear I'm like, what? And then my best friend, she's like, she points. And there's a teacher glaring at me. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. still in class. Well, you know, I really hope you didn't zone out to our special guest. Who I has did just not. joined us right now. Brett Gray, by the way, for those of you in Hi. the chat that are tuning in live. Uh, Brett Gray was actually in the first episode of Rise. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, cool. Um, it was awesome, of course. <laughs> um, I got to meet so many awesome, amazing people. It was my first TV show ever that I've ever filmed. Um, and I was, like, part of the ensemble. So I was like, oh, I'll be one of the kids and sort of be <laughs> in the mix and stuff. So I'm really happy with it. It looks great. What was uh, the auditioning process like for you? Uh, it was super fast and super easy. So one of the executive producers, Jeffrey Seller, is actually the executive producer of Hamilton as well. Oh. Um, and I was already cast in another show that he was doing in the Hamptons. So he was like, um, we have a spot open if you want to try out for this thing. And I was like, sure. Right there. Back then it was called Drama High. So oh. I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and then uh, they ended up like releasing the real name of the show. So I'm so excited. It was awesome. It was quick and easy. Just win in one time. Drama High was the original name. Drama of Rise. High was the original name. Of I Rise. Did I just so give you guys inside information? Yeah. yeah. It was totally. first Drama High was the pilot. And uh, we shot that, and then they changed it to Rise because they were like, um, yeah, maybe yeah. people won't. Watch I don't that. think anyone would have seen the drama high. Yeah, no, 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 no. I would have owned because yeah. I need to figure out what drama is happening. <laughs> See, like, I'm, like I'm that a, curious person. I'm like a theater nerd, so I probably would have watched Drama High, but yeah. the I, name itself was like suspect. Rise yeah, curious but they knew prestige. the whole time what they wanted to do. They just were trying to keep it a secret. So, yeah. I had an awesome time. It was great. If you had a choice to play any character in a play, in a play, in a pl- in a musical, in a or, play or a play, musical, what musical would Does you Does it choose? have to be possible? 
Like, does no. it have to be something that could actually happen no. in life? Okay. <laughs> like, I think it's possible. <laughs> if I was, like, of, like, fierce, like, slaystress, like, woman, Elphaba. Yes. Oh, 100%. Okay. That would be, like, my complete and utter dream role. My favorite. That's my favorite role in musical theater. That's what my Twitter it, handle is named after. It kind, of is, <laughs> it kind of is the role in musical theater. It's yes. It's like, if you are a woman and you are pretty and, like, small. Can sing. And you haven't been Elphaba? It's like, what are you is doing? Is it a shame I never wanted to be Elphaba? I wanted to be Mimi. Oh! Okay. Um, Still that is, on the, like... That is the dream role for okay. me. Okay. Mimi. Let's go out yeah, tonight. Yeah. Are yeah. you auditioning for Mimi and <laughs> <laughs> We can make that a possibility. Yeah. Um, Diversity so no, but and casting, yeah, who knows? There are, like, people, I mean, still sort of, like, in the Edina realm of, like, you know, Rent. But, um, yeah, no, I think Elphaba would be awesome to do. I also, you know what, I'm lying. Because you do that one or two times, and then you're like, okay. <laughs> so much to do. Gravity. Who wants to sing Defying Gravity all the time? <laughs> I mean, I do in my shower. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. What's it like going and performing every single night when you're doing a play? I mean, does it feel different each time? Oh, absolutely. It's always different. But I, hmm, it's fun because, the, first off, the schedule is awesome. Like, if you're doing a play on, like, Broadway or something, you just come at 7.30 at night, do the show, you're out by 10, don't have to work again until the next day at 7.30 at night. So it's like... You kind of can do whatever you want, which is great, but I think, what was the question? I'm sorry, I went off on the table. Like, if it feels, <laughs> like, if it feels different every time you perform, different. even though you're yes. doing the same thing each yes. night. Yes, so each night, uh, random things happen all the time, or, like, someone might skip something, or, like, an audience member might be reacting differently, or, like, someone might throw you something a different way than they've ever done, and then mm-hmm. for some reason the scene goes sort of off on a way that it's never been before. So it's always new, and it's always fresh, and always unique. And sometimes, you know, as actors, we do things, and we're like, you know, I get this, but then you might do it one night and go, oh my God, for the first time I understand what that means. And you uh, you discover new things, and you play with different props each time. Yeah, it's, it's always different. But do you I, ever make eye contact with the audience members? Because you have a huge spotlight oh, on you. I try not to. So does it throw you <laughs> off ever? I What's try that not like? to because it will throw me off, especially if it's like a family member. Yeah. Like, You're like, don't, don't yeah. make eye contact. Hey, look at you. But usually you can't see anything. That is you also know, true. Usually I, whenever I'm on stage, I, there's so much light on me that I usually can't see. I mean, the first maybe two or three rows of people, it's like you can usually make out faces, but... Anything past that, especially like balconies and stuff, I have no idea who's up there. So it's whatever. Oh, I'm so to see. I try not to look, but you know, it's hard sometimes to be like, I'm doing this and like not look at you. Do you ever get stage fright? Yes. All how, the time. How do you overcome that? I don't. <laughs> I don't. You just kind of have to do it. You know, it's just like you just, I'm like, oh, I'm so nervous. And then just, the show starts and then there's nothing you can do. It's like a train. It's like. Have you ever did a play? And like you thought you totally bombed, but your friends, your family, like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. You're just like, what did you see? Everything I ever do. (laughs) I always think that you're more critical of yourself, and you want it to be perfect. So you're always like, you know, okay, let's make it the best it can be. But every time I see something, I'm like, okay, um, I that was okay. I could have done better. And everyone's like, what? You're on (laughs) rise. And I'm like, yeah, wow. To me, it's like I was there every day on set with like all the people and. All my friends are like, oh my god, like you're friends with Moana. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll be that girl. <laughs> Bestie. You know what no, I mean? So I love I love yeah. it. 
She's awesome. Did you have a chance to watch Rise? I watch did. I saw the premiere when they let the cast see it first. Okay. So I saw it. So yeah, like let's six talk. Six months ago. Let's talk about Almost. that. We're sure. gonna refresh your memory a little sure, bit. Please. I mean, we were just leaving off about. Um, we were kind of talking about how the teacher, Mr. Maku, is taking mm-hmm. over the drama department and how mm-hmm. he's going to add his own literary touch to mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. and how they kind of switched from Greece <laughs> to doing a completely different play, Spring Awakening. Yes. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that and if that was the best choice that was made because it has all these themes mm-hmm. that, that are so mature, mm-hmm. especially for high school students. So we obviously see a pushback. Right. With that, with that whole thing. So what do you guys all think about that? What I think is funny is how adults don't think teenagers are smart. I agree. I, I find it fascinating and, like, it befuddles me because I'm just, like, adults, like, forget they were teenagers. And when they forget they were teenagers, they also forget, like, in high school, our lives are just, like, everything's emotionally high. And that's all we care about. Mm-hmm. But they don't think they were mature enough to understand what things are going to come in Spring Awakening. Hair. Wicked. For mm. some reason. Like, we're not smart enough to understand and relate. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not relatable. And I find that crazy. I would have loved to have done Spring Awakening in my high school, personally. Or Rent. Or Hair. Wicked. Even Fill on the Roof would have been, like, just an improvement. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. We see a lot of, I think, the kind of generational gaps, even in this pilot. Like, I talked a little bit about, in the classroom, the disconnect about, like, not engaging with the material. And I'm really excited to see where that goes with um, Tracy Wolf, the um, old, like, theater director. I'm really Rosie excited. Rosie. Yeah, amazing. I'm so excited to see her, hopefully, like, mentor some, like, some kids. And I thought it was really interesting, especially with her character, that they touched on the fact that she used to be a student there. So I think that could be something really interesting that comes about and, you know, they bring up that history because there's probably some crazy there's history probably a lot there. Of her. <laughs> she wants to live vicariously through the kids that she teaches or she has some dreams that are left unfulfilled. I feel like there's always a story that's kind of kind of like that where you're trying to, you know, give back through something that you never fully explored when you were younger. For sure. I feel like that's half the teachers in high school, though. At the same time, they're trying to relive the glory days through the students' lives. Or they had a teacher that was super influential in their lives, and they're like, I have to give back in the same way and kind of inspire generations to come. I don't think Cole Strickland is that way, though, but... (laughs) Yeah, 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 maybe not. Um, So I also want to talk a little bit about, you know... How there's a huge emphasis in high schools about you know team spirit and football and sports, but when it comes to theater, it's like oh like even when you watch Mean Girls, like the theater freaks over there, like it's not as revered as something like school sports and being a jock in high school. Why? Uh, Why are the arts so de-emphasized in our schools when study after study shows how important they are to personal development and growth? I've I'm been on both spectrums. I'm a, I've been a, I was a cheerleader, and I also did academic things. And I think it's astounding how every year we are able to afford new uniforms for the football team, <laughs> yet as an academic state championship-winning team for the last three years, we cannot get money for nationals. Yeah. How is that possible? And they touch on that in the show. He literally, the teacher makes a comment, wow, 40 G spent on a new football field. But 2K taken away from a salary that was only 4K for the year to begin with. Like, 
4K for the year. I mean, can you imagine? It costs us twenty thousand to get to national. So we, yeah, trust me, I get it. Yeah, like, like my teacher had to fight tooth and nail just to like get the board to understand how important and influential, like influential we are. Mm-hmm. But it's like I understand because football in my town is everything. Mm. State champions, and don't get me wrong, I love football season. I, I'm out there in the cold with you. Let's do it because I don't like basketball. Mm-hmm. So totally get it, but it frustrates me. Like it really does frustrate the hell out of me because I'm also an athlete but I'm also in academics and theater why what's the difference and I don't get it I never have I have in the last 10 years and I probably won't but I need to understand what I do like um about this show and I think that it's been shown in a lot of you know shows before this is that you know sports are kind of the cool thing but when we really hone in and focus on this theater community, like, the theater is the accepting place, and it's the place where there's all kinds of different people coming together and learning about each other. And what I really loved about this pilot is that there is such, like, a diverse group of people, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like we were being hit over the head with it, and I didn't think it felt forced. Like, there was a lot of issues brought up. You know, there's obviously um, differences in, um, like sexuality mm-hmm. and race um, disabilities were touched on with people's younger siblings mm-hmm. and we got shown a lot of that but it didn't feel like it was being crammed down my throat or it yeah. didn't feel unnatural it wasn't like yeah. oh let's put this and let's make it like Degrassi <laughs> exactly you know Drake is in a wheelchair so we're gonna make a whole thing out of that and we're always gonna put oh, one like, character that becomes a stereotype true. yeah right so it, that's very true they did it in a way that was subtle but still like really it really stood out Um, And it's so important to have that because, you know, diversity in television and Mm -hmm. in film for people to see other people that look like them, not just the same cookie-cutter people that we've been seeing time and time again. So this show did such a great job of kind of doing that. I mean, yeah, you have the jock and you you have, you know, the sweet, innocent girl and you have this, but they're still so layered and multidimensional, even the quote unquote main bitch Deezy, whatever yeah. bad bitch she's still a very yeah. layered character uh lilette we're talking about who i don't think oh no is... lilette is the sweet and innocent one gwen is the oh, bitch yeah I'm talking about. gwen 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 yeah Let i just confuse i confuse the names but yes gwen who i think like obviously she's gonna be upset if she feels like you know this girl's mom is doing things with her dad or or whatever the case was i mean i don't know i also find it i always love it and, and find it interesting that when you have problems in your own life, you always try to put that problem on somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they, seriously, like, she had no idea. So, like, how did your problem come now? My problem. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I love the spectrum and to see it, but I'm also just like, hmm, mm-hmm. that sounds like a personal problem that does not include my life. Right. You're so empathetic. I, I love it. <laughs> I, no. I am very empathetic. You, you I are. just also am very logical, and I'm just going to speak it like it's true. Yeah. I have no time for fools. Same. Also, people are not their parents. A Thank lot, you. I, I know so many people whose parents are just, like, very different people than they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that Gwen needed to get over herself a little bit and just be like, you know what? She's not her mother, and I need to, like, not judge her based off of the things that I feel like she's ruined my life. You yeah. know what I mean? 
So like I didn't make my mama sleep with your daddy. No. I didn't make your daddy move out. That was your mama. Exactly. And maybe your mama needs to learn a thing or two from <laughs> my mama. <laughs> Thank God for theater to be the escape <laughs> and the emotional outlet where you right. can express these frustrations. Right. But uh, see, singing so beautifully and see, powerfully. That is the magic of the arts and the magic of theater. And earlier I think you asked the question, why do we think sports are more sort of like pushed and why is it been when studies show that, you know, I really think that it's because sports are just something that you can just sort of watch and enjoy and like root for mm-hmm. and it's like sort of my I don't want people, to sports fan to like mentality. take this the wrong way but it's sort of like mindless sort of like A needs to get to B and like who's going to get there faster yeah. where I think theater is so like vulnerable and, and does force you to sort of come outside of that that people won't buy a ticket to see the play that might relate to them and, and have to hit them in a deeper place and sometimes you do just want to come home from work and just like put a jersey on and just scream you know what I mean you know what I mean moin am I moin. speaking correctly to you? you know what I mean like you're I don't know sometimes you go to a play and you're like oh my god I'm way too affected by this this is opening me up in a completely a way that I didn't want to be feeling right now or, or a vulnerability yeah. that I wasn't prepared for and I think that maybe people don't understand that and that's and I 100% agree with that I think theater is such a great way to grow in your life but yeah. do you guys want to know another way to grow let's do it sure. and have fun in all areas let's of your it. life not just theater and personal development okay so for those of you who do which all of us here do we have got an incredible podcast for you it's called Conversations with Maria Menounos and it's a podcast edition that is hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder, Maria Menounos, and it drops every Friday on iTunes. So Conversations with Maria Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career and relationships, finances, which we all need, yes, and more. So let our Maria be the big sister you never had, or the Mr. Maku that you never had. Um, And, you know, just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. You guys, this is free. It's a free resource. Take advantage of it. And be sure to rate and comment. And when you do, let Maria know that it was us who got you there. So Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Check it out now. Awesome. Yes. Exciting stuff, right? I want to get on Simon now. (laughs) I have some things to say. Okay, let's talk about Simon. Okay. Is he... Simon. Simon. Let me explain some to you. Yes, he is, obviously. They forced... Definitely. They they hinted at that in so many ways, through editing, through the story, through... There's so many things. With him being so resistant to accepting the character by saying... I'm Catholic. I'm from a strict Catholic family. I can't do this. Like, I always play the lead. Yeah. There wouldn't be that much resistance if he was 100% straight. I, I don't think. Or maybe not. Or? Yeah. Mm. Oh. No. I got mm. some things to say. Maybe he's not then. He is. Do you know my, something we my, don't my know? Oh, of course. My gaydar is on point. Dude is gay. The thing, though, is especially when you're that age, because, um, I mean, I, I feel like my story kind of relates to Simon's in a way. Like, Catholic family, you know, recently kind of, you know, discovered my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And when you're that age, you are still discovering your sexuality. I mean, he's probably only 16-ish, 17, if he's still in high school. And I so, think they're freshmen, so even oh, though they're freshmen. 14. Yeah. Oh, 14, 15. Okay, 14. But 
I don't know. I'm excited for it not just to be he's, you know, he's not, I don't think he's just denying the fact that he's gay. I think he genuinely doesn't know. And I would love to see that storyline go that way because a lot of times, you know, we have the suppression and and that happens, but like the actual exploration of it and figuring things out, I think that's very realistic and even a little bit more complicated. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited to see um, his family keep playing a part in it. And I wonder if they will finally, you know, kind of accept it and grow to it, especially because Stephanie J. Block is his mom. Mm-hmm. And if anyone is like a Broadway fan, she's like, Legend. She was just in the revival of Falsettos and was incredible. Is she gonna break out? One in of song? the like, I hope so. one of like the Elphabas, by the way. Yes, like to see. I love her so much. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm so I excited. Think she was the original Elphaba, she actually. Was she kind of was, and then Adina Menzel stepped in. It's like, yeah. Oh she yeah. Like, she like broke her story, story. and then they, Adina stepped in, and then she well, was no, the original they wanted one a name, tour, right? Kind of. Oh. So she 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 went through the workshop, and she and they wanted a name. They're like, oh, well, we have Adina Menzel, so we're gonna have her to be the. Right, Face. the name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then she was the first one who, to ever tour. Tour, yes, yes, yes. She's so great. She is great. So glad she's on the show. Same. So glad to see her her character's exploration, the entire family, Simon's entire family, and Simon's entire storyline. Mm-hmm. I will agree with her. I actually think it's more of a suppression thing. Like, he does not know. But when he said I was not gay, I looked at him like he was crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really being honest, because I'm just like, dude, it could be suppression. You just don't know. But really... To no, but fair, that's, that's, though. that's good because in a way, you know, it becomes more relatable for teens across the country who are kind of grappling with, oh, I'm not, like, I don't know if I am, yeah. and I don't want to say I am if I'm not sure, especially if it's something that's not going to be well-received. It's like a very sticky, tricky territory mm-hmm. to walk through, especially if you grow up in a super conservative family, especially if you're going to get flack from your peers for it, which I do think our society is becoming better at that. Slowly, but surely. Slowly, definitely slowly, (laughs) but surely. But at the same time, even if society gets better, like, your family might still have values that don't align with that, and it definitely is hard when you're living under their roof and you don't have full autonomy or full independence. So, want to ask you guys a question? Yeah, go ahead. um, So, Love Simon's coming out this weekend, and one of the one of the questions is why is straight the default? Mm. Yeah, since we are talking about Simon, yeah, I thought I'd bring it to this table and to our guests. Why is straight the default? What do you guys think of when you hear that, like that, just one sentence, like as just coming out as straight? Like it, it is true, and the reason it's default is because our society dictates what the norm is and what the norm isn't. So when you have more people that fit into a specific category, and then you have outliers, it becomes that the outlier is abnormal, whereas the norm, the majority becomes what's normal so if there was a society where everyone was gay that would be the norm and you'd be a freak or an or an outlier for being straight i think it's just how our society functions because people want to always put someone in a box no one Mm. no one wants to be like oh maybe maybe this is more layered maybe sexuality is fluid maybe there's a kinsey scale maybe it's not so black and white maybe you know there's different shades no one wants to really say that I mean, it's unless you're like woke, I'm not <laughs> as saying, they say now. But I'm I just saying, like the, the need to want to like categorize everyone and, and categorize humans. It's just like our instinctive nature to want to put people in these categories. When we can't, it's like, oh god, like what do I do with you? Like you don't fit like anything in my mind to categorize you in. I'm super confused. I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. Right. And that's so, so true. It's which unfortunate. Is, 
Yeah, which is why I don't want to be too quick to, like, label Simon as something. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like you said, and I, and I genuinely believe that sexuality is fluid. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a straight or gay. Like, you can be bisexual. You can be pansexual. Like, there's so many different things that you can identify with that, like, I'm not 100% certain that, you know, Simon's one of the two big ones that we always think of. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I feel like it always takes someone who's conservative to have someone who's a family member, someone really close to them, go through that experience to be like, huh, like, maybe I should rethink this. Like, I remember, like, what you know, Dick Cheney, super conservative, Republican, his daughter was, uh, you know, she wasn't straight, she was gay, and obviously people were like, oh, like, how does he deal with that when he always preaches that he's anti-gay marriage and anti-this? So I think it kind of softens you and makes you develop empathy when you have someone close to you going through something that you are so far separated from. And yeah. and that's the issue is like not having like if we had more representation in television and film, I think we would see more people that looked like people that we're not familiar with where we wouldn't see them as other. We would see them as, oh, this is just something else that exists in the world, you know? And speaking of, you know, representation, I'm so excited that we have a transgender character on yes. the yes. show. Yes. yes. And the My fact that love. And the fact Sorry. that they're being so respectful mm-hmm. of I identify as a man, a he, like, call mm-hmm. me Michael and not Michelle. And the fact that they're just like, okay, they're automatically accepting that. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah, and I yeah. love that we're getting that represented. And I honestly feel like theater is one of those places where you would be more accepting because it's the arts versus... I think it would be way more difficult if someone was like that on the football team or oh, on the Oh, it wouldn't happen, I feel team. like. It would be like, what? Because I feel like they would never allow it, you yeah. know what I mean? Which is crazy. Which yeah. is interesting, because another show kind of touches on that. Uh, that goes into the news section, so I'll wait to like let that out. Yeah. But that is interesting, because the guy actually is a football player, and he's not transgender, but it's something else. And it's kind of interesting to watch that play out as will I come out? Well, I won't come out. And if I do come out, like, it has to be on my time, not right. before somebody lets the cat out of the bag before I'm even ready for it. Right. So at the end of the day, I, I love the fact that, like she said, they were so respectful. Like, yeah. give it up to the Rise writers for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to shout that out. Also, that the actor, Ellie DeSanto, yeah. they are very headstrong about where they want to take the character. They're non-binary, correct? Yes. That's awesome. In- incredible. And incredible and just so inspiring and I'm like in awe. Yeah, I'm you know? looking at their IMDb page right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. It's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, awesome. You have the inside scoop. I have the, all the inside scoop. What can, you tell, <laughs> what can you tell us about where Ellie is taking the character? Anything. Like any tea that you can spill. Like anything at all. Um, <laughs> without getting uh, in trouble, we'll just, just say a little bit. They will find someone. Oh, that's, wow. that's closer than you think. Oh, that's some good news right there. That is that is really juicy. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. So they're gonna find someone in the theater department. I'm already thinking of who. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I my feel brain. like we need to get to predictions now. Yes, we need to get to predictions. It. Predictions. Now. I want to hear it. <laughs> um. Ooh. And now. You're After Buzz TV. Predictions. That scared me. 
ominous voice. I know. I was like, guys, the lights are flickering. So we do have, we do have some of our predictions with uh, you know him with you telling us like a little bit, a little mm-hmm. glimpse of what's to come. But I mean, I also want to talk about the issue of alcoholism and mm. do you think that this is going to be a huge storyline moving forward, I especially feel, with it being Mr. Maku's son? I feel like it has to be. And I, what I love about that topic is like that teens who are alcoholic, who are alcoholics, don't even think they're alcoholics. Like, it's almost like an adult who doesn't think they're alcoholic because mm-hmm. most people don't see teenage drinking. Everyone drinks. Everyone yeah. drinks. Every, we're in high school. And you really don't think you have a problem. It's in, it kind of reminds me almost of Recovery Road, which is also another show that got canceled too quickly for me mm-hmm. in the sense of realizing you are an alcoholic and you have a problem. Just because you're 16 or whatever, mm-hmm. this is a problem. If you're hiding alcohol or have to get alcohol to drink through the day, this is a problem. 100%. So I love that fact. Prediction for me is uh, I can't wait to see Robbie and Lillette and that just chemistry because they were really awesome during the whole Spring Awakening. Oh, I got chills so during the Spring Awakening audition. I yeah. really did. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, Gwen is going to cause some trouble. You know she is. Um, I can't wait to see the Jeremy, Simon, that journey and his journey with his parents. Like she said, that... It's going to be very interesting because I grew up in both Catholic and a Christian household. Right. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So, Taylor? Um, so, I agree that Gwen's going to cause some issues. But I think that at least by the end of the season, maybe even before that, um, Lila and um, Gwen will become friends and kind of lean on each other. Because, I mean, both of their parents are involved in this thing that's kind of traumatizing for Potential their lives. Sisters? Exactly. And so <laughs> no. but I think that they'll find common ground because of that and they'll eventually kind of put us at the differences and lean on each other. I'm hoping for that. I love, you know, female friendships and and everything like that. And um kind of going away from that topic, the lighting guy? With the family, it's more of a foster situation. I sensed a little bit of chemistry. I sensed, like, not in a weird way. I sensed a little bit of chemistry between the sister and him, and I was like, that crush was adorable. It was so cute. I was, my heart was melting. I didn't know how old she is though before I really get involved in that. Yeah, who's this? This is Um, the sister from the uh, Mr. McClue's daughter. Red hair, Taylor Richardson. <laughs> he knows. Wait, are are we, we, she's fifteen. She's fifteen. Are we allowed, like no on the show? Are we allowed oh, on the show? Use, I don't know how old she is in the show, but are we allowed really? to ask you for your predictions, or do you know too much already? Oh, I know everything. Oh, you know everything. I know everything. So you can't give us your predictions then. I predict that you all will be shocked, and you don't know anything that you're talking about right now. Oh, oh wow! So these characters are what we think then. Yeah. They the are flawed and layered and human and So there's no there's no good and evil or No 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 no, no or no, no. like of course not. the stereotypical like mean girl. There's the there's evil way people will that. flip, the good people will flip and everything in between. <gasps> good. <laughs> well yeah, like I, I like I, like okay, let me be honest. I don't think Gwen I think she's a bitch and I think she's evil, but I don't think <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the vibe. But I think she's just a wounded tortured. Okay, well yeah, she is very tortured. Like I like like I was saying, like she like when you're hurt, you wanna put your hurt on somebody else because you're hurting and that's the only way you know how to kinda get it out because you don't have a real outlet <laughs> technically without just a theater. So, I, do I think she's completely evil? No. Do I think she's completely a bitch? 
No. Will she be that way for a couple episodes? Hell yes. 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 Do you know what's really causing this issue of like being bitchy is the fact that she was subjected to thinking that she was going to be in Pirates of Panzan. Oh, wait, that, <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long. Was that still like a piece of the show? Yeah, while, they were, while you guys were then you burned Oh everything. my gosh, we they were filming that for so long. We were all like, oh my gosh, are we actually going to do Pirates of Panzan? <laughs> it was crazy. I'm sorry, that was just like I had a memory. So even you didn't want to do Pirates of Panzan. You're like, I hope we burn this set down, even pretending oh, to do it. Absolutely. We were doing it, and I was like, wait guys, this is part of the montage, right? Why is this a whole day of filming? We all had like pirate costumes and like we learned this awesome choreography to like spinning the girls around and it was crazy. I was like, I hope this isn't actually a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody no, ever wants, wants to do that. Until season two, okay? Yeah. Then we'll go back to the There parents. we go. Exactly. I doubt it. They burned it all. So unless I'm going to plan on buying every, a new thing. Oh, gosh. That scene was so like <laughs> I was also vindicated as the yes. movie at that oh, moment. Oh, I was... Th- Y'all should have saw me throwing <laughs> this stuff in the fire actually on the set. It I love was crazy. how dramatic it, it was. Like was. Oh, we were like, like, not only are we not going to do it, we are going to burn, burn the set. Like, oh, it was so fun. It was like the millennials solving of a problem. No offense, because I think if we ever did that like the, <laughs> the early 2000s, that's a, that's a police call. I just love their neighborhood. Yeah, you can set stuff on fire at the back of the school. Whoa, okay. Speaking of that, I have a question. They kept saying it's, it's Stanton High School. Stanton, yes. Where is the high school? It's a made-up place. The, in, the actual, in what America? It, in Pennsylvania. Mid-Bow Pennsylvania. Okay. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So it's based in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, a made-up school. Oh, it's like Scranton from in, the Office. Yes, it's shot in New York, actually. So okay, but yeah, it's supposed to be Pennsylvania. I was like this and it's a desolate town. So you flew like, back yeah. and forth, or no? I am from Philly, okay. so I was already in New York doing other things anyway. So I just lived there. I lived in Brooklyn for a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. And then before I so tell back. us, like before we wrap this up, I mm-hmm. do want to know a little bit more about your experience. Okay. So tell us what everything was like in terms of filming, who you clicked with the most, who's your bestie on set. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, awesome. There's this girl named Caroline Pluta. She is this beautiful goddess with long red hair. She's also in the ensemble with me. She was probably like one of my best friends. Her and Harmony... Okay. I don't know if the names were introduced. I forget. The but Harmony is the, the black Lucas. girl. She's small. Oh, and the one who's saying gorgeous. Who's saying Adele wrong, right? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Harmony. Okay. We, me, her, and Caroline were like. Mm. But honestly, everyone was super close. They were every, everyone was lucky enough to be around the same age, so everybody hung out sort of after said, and like we had a lot of rehearsal before filming started, learning the songs and the choreography mm-hmm. and sort of where all the pieces to everything would go. So we got to learn who each other sort of who each other was. Is that? grammatically correct yeah. we got to learn each enough. other during the rehearsal process before we filmed so by the time we were filming it was already like I know you I know you I know you we're all lit let's dance and it was great you know so I had so much fun actually and it was my first TV show so I was like the probably one of the best experiences you know coming in and getting to work with people like Ali and mm-hmm. Amy, who plays Gwen, also yeah. like totally just not Gwen. <laughs> and every time I hear you guys like, "Oh, she's such a bitch," I'm like, oh, "Amy, <laughs> we well, um, mean her she's character." Awesome, yeah. I know, and her such character. a killer actress for 
making us believe yeah. that she's such a bitch, Definitely. you know? Um, so, yeah, everyone was really awesome. I've had a great time. What's something new that you learned about yourself as an actor doing TV for the okay. first time? Okay, doing TV for the first time, like, in general, or? Yeah, like, just something cool that you learned about yourself. Like, wow, I didn't know I could do this. Like, this is so cool. I'm more patient than I thought. And, you know, in a show, you do the rehearsals, and it's, like, eight hours, ten to six every day. And six o'clock, you're like, ah, I can go home and complain and do whatever I want to do. But on set, you are there. You are there until, you are there until it's done. Shot, baby. You're there until it's done and until it's over, whether that's 12, 14, 16, 18, 26 hours. Oh, you are there. my goodness. No matter what. So I'm like, you know what? I've learned that I can have more longevity than I thought I could. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'll be done. What are you most excited to seeing in future episodes? <laughs> I, I know you're still what be a good way this. to get me to say something, right? Um, <laughs> what am I excited to see in Just future in, episodes? In general, I'm excited to see everyone witness the characters take on the characters that they were given oh. in Spring Awakening. Okay, yeah. it's, so it's acting so layered. Acting. Yeah, it's so I would, meta. I'm, I'm excited to see the audience's reaction to the characters playing the characters that they're playing. Okay, right, got Weird. it. Yes. The play character. Yes, yes, Inception. got it. I'm excited. So you're saying they are doing Spring Awakening for sure? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh well, they well, we basically go. was like, yeah. if you don't let me do, it, I'm not playing your football. So <laughs> you need me to play football, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I win. So either no episode one, so either no episode two or Spring oh, Awakening. Oh, you know what else I'm excited about? The songs that you guys will get to hear. The show is not actually as musical as we all think, right? Mm -hmm. do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I felt like it was the same song, the mama song, that right. was sung multiple times, which I right. thought was so important to the plot because right. it kind of showed that lead character's progression. Right, and also what she goes what through with her own mother. Yeah. You know? So I thought that was important, but I was like, I want to see variety. I want to see more. So hopefully we'll be seeing more of that Yo, in we will. the future we episodes. Will. But, and uh, you'll get to see all your characters sing, so... Yay. Yeah. So, uh, thank you so much for joining for us, by me. the way. I'm this sorry, was a lot of fun. This was a blast today. Yeah, it was great. fun, but it also was super deep, informative. We talked about a lot of important issues and touched on that. Uh, we'd love to have you again sometime. Oh, of course. So, let me know. <laughs> can you let our fans know where they can find you on yes. social media? Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at I am, that is I A M, Brett Gray. Okay. Yes. And what about you guys? You guys can find me on Twitter at alphaba underscore and on <laughs> and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. You guys can find me at Real Shay Jones on Twitter and Instagram. Love Shay Butter on Snapchat and Black Lightning tomorrow <laughs> and Deception starting next Wednesday at eight o'clock. Becca Brown is in Texas. Yes. She will be another panelist joining us. And the lovely Mina, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mina Makes Magic. And we have so many more great things for you. Episode two, so stick with us. Bye. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.